Um, so um, thank you, David, for, for that. That spoke to my heart. And in fact, I only read that scripture last week about the talents and what God is going to give you and how you use that for God's glory. And God really spoke to my heart on that because I felt I was the last person in that story where he gave one and he hid it and he did nothing with it. And it's almost like, guys, on my journey for the past few years, that's exactly how I felt. It's been a great ride with God, but I know that God wants me to do more with what he's given me for his glory, for his kingdom. And um, I have to say, God knows my heart. I haven't done what I, what I should be doing. And I think one of these things is all about the confidence and that's the flesh versus the spirit. So David, thank you for that. That's amazing. That really resonated with my spirit. Bless you for that. Um, so I want to talk about Holy Spirit. And um, it's probably no great su surprise to you guys because I, I feel the Holy Spirit played such a vital part in my conversion when I came to Christ. Um, I, I think God really blessed me with an understanding and depth of the gifts of the Spirit. So I just want to share with you the Holy Spirit and what we think that looks like tonight. So I want to lead with a few questions as well. So ask yourself, who is the Holy Spirit? What does he do? And the third one is really interesting for me. When, did you, when do you think the Holy Spirit arrived on the scene? When did he arrive? Not in your personal life, but when did he make an entrance into the world? Genesis. So there's three things just to ponder on. It's funny because you're right, David. Genesis, in the beginning, the Holy Spirit was there when he hovered over the face of the depth of the water. It was God's Spirit. And if you look at the scripture, just to confirm what we think, because that's where we should go for the truth, in 2 Timothy 3.16, it states that all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. So what? Well, if you couple it with this scripture, I think that gives you the understanding of what we've just said. In 2 Peter 1.21, it says that prophecy didn't come in the old time by the will of man, but came through the Holy Spirit as they were moved by God. So the Holy Spirit has always been here since day one. It was here in the Genesis, but perhaps you know him in the Bible, such as these descriptions. He's known as the counselor, the helper, the comforter, the spirit of truth, the spirit of the father, the spirit of holiness, the spirit of sonship, the eternal spirit, the power upon high. Guys, I spent all last night dragging out descriptions of the Holy Spirit. I could have gone on and on and on and on, but I ran out of space. Mm. It's interesting. If you go right back to the Old Testament and you look at the descriptions of the Holy Spirit, that's what you find. Now, it's fascinating. If you think about, just rewind slightly, if you think about the New Testament, who's Jesus? Scripture says in Matthew 121, a very good indication she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call him Jesus, for he shall save his people 
from their sins. That tells you straight away who Jesus was, where he, why he came and when he was going to come. Isn't that amazing? In that one scripture, he's called Jesus. He's going to come through Mary, conceived by the Holy Spirit, and he will save his people from their sins. So descriptions and information within the scripture actually tells us an awful lot about God's character and about what he wants to do in the life of the believer and for those in the whole world. Further descriptions, the dove, and we all know when Jesus got baptised by John, the dove, the oil, the water, the breath, the wind, the fire. Guys, I can give you the scriptures on these later if you really want to find out all these descriptions. And now I've lost power, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to jump off this, Ben, because it's distracting me. Two seconds, guys. See, in Genesis 1-2, it says that the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. You see, where the Spirit of God is, it transforms chaos into order. It brings light to the darkness. It transforms lives. It changes. It breathes into everything that the Spirit of God touches. There's not one thing that God doesn't touch that doesn't get transformed through His Spirit it's life breathing, it's life giving, it's life generating. The Holy Spirit is the life of God in each and every single one of you. For your body is the temple of God. Your body holds the Holy Spirit. If you are baptised in the name of Jesus and you are baptised in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, today you know who you are in Christ and you know who lives inside of you. Fascinating. In the Old Testament, men of God, Joshua, Joseph, David, Noah, Daniel, the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, all of them at some point had the Holy Spirit upon them rather than dwelling in them for that reason, for God to use them to speak truth and knowledge to his creation. What a difference it is today in the New Covenant that we're blessed that we can receive the Holy Spirit that dwells within us for the goodness of us as children of God that bear witness to who he is in heaven. Hmm. Even through the Old Testament, although they were not baptised, God's Spirit remained amongst them and operated in the chosen nation that is called Israel. In, Samuel two, in 2 Samuel 23 to 1 to 2, it says that the Spirit of the Lord spoke by me and his word was on my tongue. Just ponder on that for a minute. His word was on my tongue. How many of you today can say that the word of God has been on your tongue? Have you ever experienced the Holy Spirit come upon you and you feel that the word of God is on your tongue. 
I love the fact that I can look through the Old Testament and I see God moving as he did then and as he will do today because God is the same yesterday as he is tomorrow as he is today God never changes his promises are forever they're eternal hmm the promise the promise that was in the Old Testament for us in the New Covenant was prophesied many times about what would happen how it would happen Isaiah 28:11. it states that for with stammering lips and another tongue he the Lord will speak to his people Ezekiel 36 to 27 says that I will take a harder stone out of your flesh and give you sorry a harder stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh for I will put my spirit within you prophecies in the Old Testament that have come true how do we know they've come true because we are the living living witnesses of those prophecies that have come to pass hmm even when Israel fell away from God many times over the centuries where enemies were victorious hmm, some may say that God allowed this to happen but God's promises they, they hold true. He promised them that he would not take the, his spirit from them. In Isaiah 59, 21, it says, As for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them, my spirit who is upon you, and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth. And this is what I love. He then goes on to say, Nor the mouth from your descendants, or your descendants, or your descendants' descendants. In other words, I will not desert you. You and your descendants, and all those who are afar off. And isn't that ironic? Because in the day of Pentecost, what did they say? This is a promise to you, to your children, and to all those who are far off, and as many as the Lord our God will call. God will not remove his spirit from you. He's available. His spirit is a gift from heaven for everyone to come and take. You have to believe through faith in the name of Jesus Christ. Hmm. In Joel 2.28, again, Old Testament, Testament, Old Testament prophecy. And this is the first scripture that was used after the day of Pentecost. The first public preaching of Peter as he was filled with boldness, with power, with knowledge and with wisdom. I, I, I love the fact that that Peter was the same Peter that denied Jesus three times without the Spirit of God in, in him. And Jesus told him that and he failed him. And I love the fact that Jesus knew that he would fail but yet would still bless him with the Holy Spirit. And what an amazing transformation, which goes to show again, where God moves, transformation can happen. Where failure occurs, success can come. Hmm. Think about Christ. New Testament. The Holy Spirit. 
He was responsible for the conception, for the birth, for the ministry, for the resurrection, for the leading, for the prompting and the operation that everything that Jesus did. He was involved in everything that Jesus had. It's incredible. Conception. The Holy Spirit came and conceived through Mary. The birth, he was there responsible. He was celebrating the birth, the ministry. How many of us today have a ministry? We all do. What is that? Jesus says, go, make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Jesus promised us that if you come unto him and drink, out of your innermost being will flow a river of living water. He said that I will send, send you another helper, a comforter. Hmm. The fulfillment, the day of Pentecost. So the book of Acts should have been called the book of the Holy Spirit. It describes the entrance of the Holy Spirit, how it came like that mighty rushing wind from heaven that filled everybody that was in that room, like tongues of fire, as they spoke in other tongues, as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. The Spirit of God gave them the utterance. We didn't generate the utterance. It was the Spirit that moves and breathes and lives in us that gives us the utterance. Let's give you some quick ones here. So, the Spirit... In Romans 8:16, it says the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. He leads in John 16:13, he leads us into all truth. The Spirit speaks in 2 Samuel 23:2. The Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and his word was in my mouth and my tongue. He inspires and comforts in John 14, 16. He prophesies through tongues and interpretation. He searches the deep things of God. I love that. The Spirit of God searches the deep things of God. And we can get the revelation through that. He intercedes for us. It helps us preach and proclaim the Word of God in Ephesians 6, 16. It says that we pray always in the Spirit and with utterance that may be given to us, that he may open my mouth boldly and make known the mystery of the gospel. In 2 Corinthians 3-6, to he gives life. He knows all things in Isaiah 40-13. 40, 40, 40 in 1 Corinthians 2-10, he reveals things. As I've said before, he searches the deep things of God the Father. In Luke 12, 12, he teaches. In Romans 8, 16, he testifies who we are. <laughs> and he convicts us of sin. I don't know if you've ever known that. For me personally, once you've been saved and you have been born again with the Spirit of God inside of you, things become so apparent about your sinful nature that you were born with and the sinful nature that is around you in the world. It's just fascinating how things just almost come upon you as a spotlight. You know in your spirit what is not right and what is wrong. Hmm. 
He empowers his children with the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit. The gifts and the fruit of the Spirit. You see, without the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit, how are you being transformed? It says that you're transformed through the renewing of your mind. But I ask you the question, how can you be transformed if you don't have God's Spirit in you? How can you be born again if you don't have a new creation in you that is born through the Spirit of God? So how can you be transformed without the Holy Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit is God's character that's manifested in your lives as Jesus Christ would want you to be. Jesus is a perfect man. <laughs> we are far from perfect. But I tell you what, I'm so blessed and thankful that the Lord is in my life, that I'm being perfected through my faith in Him. So the gifts and the fruits of the Spirit are in, interweaved into our spirit that allows us to move forward as children of God. For you want peace, you want joy, you want happiness, you want self-control. The fruit, we bear good fruit, don't we? Because we are connected to the vine. And if we're connected to the vine, then we're connected to Jesus. If we're connected to Jesus, then we're going to be bearing good fruit. Because that's what it says, that you shall be known by your fruit that you bear. <laughs> so how can you bear good fruit if you don't have the Spirit of God within you? Or you're not connected to the vine through the Spirit of God, to Jesus Christ our Lord, our Saviour. You manifest through the Spirit of God, the goodness of God, who He wants you to be. We're all individual and unique. And it comes back to what you said earlier, David. God has given us gifts and ministries and talents and strengths and weaknesses. For through my weakness, His glory, through His strength, So if we have the fruit of the Spirit, that is transformational. What about the gifts of the Spirit? So the gifts of the Spirit are, are, are wow, an amazing free gift from God. For the benefit of what? What is the benefit of having the gifts of the Spirit? You see, there's a number of things, isn't there? There's nine gifts, broken into thirds. Three that are inspirational gifts. Three that are powerful gifts. And three that are revelation gifts. You see, revelation is the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. A spirit of discernment. See, I think that's what the church has lost over these years. And I've only been a born-again Christian for five years. But yet, I've not seen a church that operates fully in the Holy Spirit with the gifts that flow from each and every single one of those believers that are being infilled and imparted with God's gifts. For God has blessed us all as a church, one body, many body parts. For an ear, an eye, a hand, a foot. Hey guys, they're all important to God and his church and his ministry. For not one body part overrules another. 
Therefore, we all play a part in the body of Christ, for Jesus is the head of the church. Each one of us should use the skills and the talents that God has given us to go to the world to proclaim and show the glory of God, to shine the light where there's darkness, to bring hope where there's hopeless, to bring new life where there is dead life. I don't know about you, but I, I, I feel so blessed that, number one, I'm saved. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's my first thing. I am born again. I'm saved yeah. through the blood of Christ. That is the best gift in the world, the gift of salvation. Do you know what? People out there need the gift of salvation. They need to see the glory of God. But once you're saved, God's going to bless you with gifts. He asks in the Bible that you ask him for all of the gifts of the Spirit. It doesn't just say select a few. It says that you should help yourself. Be greedy. He wants to bless you so you can bless the church and others. But also I think he wants to build up your most holy faith. He wants to allow you to build up faith so you can build up other people's faith. And as a collective body in Christ, the church grows with his spirit and him at the head of the church. I'll give you a few stories that maybe will inspire you. And I don't mean this to be boastful. The Lord knows my heart in this. You know, the, the, the gifts of the spirit are such an amazing part of my, my, my journey with God that I feel so blessed that... I'm able to use some of those gifts to help people. I wish I could help more in the way of healing, for example. And I don't understand that. And I bear witness to that myself. Why doesn't God heal me? <laughs> I don't know. But I know the truth. I know the truth. And it doesn't matter. Because I have eternity. So what I have here is no, no comparison to the life I'm about to receive or have received, which is an internal life with God, my Lord, my Saviour. I was on the train a few months ago, and um, for those of you that have been coming out of New Street or Snow Hill at rush hour, you know how busy these trains are. You can never get a seat. It's absolutely rammed. So I get onto the train, I've got my earphones in, and normally it's standing position only, like a tin of sardines. So I walk into the train, and there's a seat. I was like, wow, that's amazing. So as the story unfolds, you can see where divine intervention comes in. So I sit down on this seat, and I'm thinking, wow, this is amazing. So I get my iPhone out, and I'm reading scripture, I'm listening to some music, I'm not listening to anything else around me, and there's a girl next to me, and all of a sudden, all I hear is, she's on the phone to her boyfriend, I need to speak to a pastor. So I've gone, okay, so that's almost like, right, God, you're putting me in a position here, but guys, listen, this is the gifts that he wants us to use. It's the word of, of, of knowledge. God gave me something for her, and I won't go into all the detail, but essentially, she'd taken on board a refugee, and she felt like she's been taken for a ride. 
So apparently she went online to a, a pastor online because she didn't, she didn't want to go into a church. So I'm sitting there thinking, oh my Lord, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to help out here? And I felt the Lord just speak to me and, and gave her a scripture. And I can't remember what it was, but I know it was Matthew in the book of Matthew. And it talked about that she needs to come on, onto him for rest, for peace. I was going, oh my word, Lord, that's amazing. But do you know what? I can't do this because there's a, there's a train full of people. And as much as I love you, Lord, I felt like, Peter, I'm going to deny you. So please forgive me. So I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, no, the Spirit has convicted me now. Convicted me now. I need to go and give this word. So I'm thinking, right, do you know what? There's three stops before Rally Regis. I've got it in my mind. I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to get up and just turn to her and just tell her what I felt the Lord say and walk away. And I did. <laughs> but what happened? So Rally Regis comes. I stand and I turn. And she's already standing up. She's getting off the train. So I've gone in front of everyone. I went, look, I don't... I don't know who you are. I wasn't listening to your conversation, but I just felt the Lord say this. Oh, my word. And she was so blessed and blown away by those words of encouragement. She was writing it down. She was saying, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. And I walked off the train with her. And at the top of the hill, I felt the Lord just say to me, just speak to her and find out what's happening. So I found out a story. She's from Eastern Europe. She was a prostitute. She's been in drugs. And she found the Lord only 12 months ago. And she gave her life to Christ. And she, she's now feeling that she's, she's going out there, spreading the Lord's good work. But yet there are people that are coming against her that almost feel like it's, a, it's, it's, it's the wrong type of spirit. And we had a conversation about how I came to Christ and how I think the Lord has just spoken to her. And I left my number with her and my email address because that's all I could do. And I didn't hear from her again. But it's in those moments, guys, that I think if you're moved by the Spirit of God, you give what you are feeling that God has, has given to you for someone else with the confidence and faith that he will play the part, our Lord, in bringing that person to some revelation or to bringing them to someone that can help them in a situation. So, guys, this, what I'm trying to say, the moral to the story is think, what do you receive from God? And do you give it for someone else? God's given us so much wealth that we can give to others. And I think sometimes we get cocooned in this environment of church and not be able to be free moving in the spirit, but rather moving in a mechanical way. Guys, I think we're missing out on a whole world that needs Jesus. And I'm not just talking about witnessing. Of course, that is exactly what we should be doing. Go make disciples. But the gifts... The gifts of the Spirit, they're incredible, they're powerful. Tongues, interpretation, that's for the edification of the church. God wants to speak to his people. God wants to speak to his creation. And that might be people that are not in Christ. God has given us gifts so we can go into the world, that we can go and preach the gospel with power, with boldness. I think when we rely on self, that's when we quench the spirit. That's when we feel that we're not adequate. But guys, I think God wants you to, wants you to know today, man, he is in you. And if you let him breathe 
and flow like it says in that scripture Jesus says let him come unto me and drink because out of your innermost being will flow a river of living water it's a flow it's not a trickle it's a flow of the Holy Spirit guys if you're full of the Spirit and you flow in terms of overflowing in people's lives that is God manifested in the flesh through his spirit within you nobody but nobody can deny the power of God miracles healing word of knowledge word of wisdom the powerful gifts that edify the church that should bring the kingdom of God to the world Hmm. There's a scripture that says, every man may profit. Every man, every man may profit. It doesn't say a select few. The scripture says, every man may profit. Huh. Isn't that God's will? That every man will be drawn near to him. That every man will be saved through the blood of Christ. That every man would see the glory of God. That every man would come to repentance. That every man would be saved for his glory. It's scriptural. Jesus says, I come to seek and save the lost. He told us to do the same. The disciples followed him for three and a half years. They learnt from him they went out with his blessing with his power but it was only until he ascended up into heaven that he gave them the gift of the Holy Spirit which was the explosion of the church so guys this morning or this evening I just wonder how many gifts do you desire this, this evening how many gifts of the Spirit have you asked the Lord for over these weeks, months of this year? Is that in your prayer? Do you go to the Lord and say, Father, bless me. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your gifts so I can use them for your kingdom. Not for personal gain. <laughs> and God says he will give as he desires. Hmm. 